Before you listen to this podcast, you can subscribe to The Critic magazine, the current offer of five issues for just £10. Head to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk, to subscribe today. A new parliamentary session started this week and the government have pledged to bring forward legislation to ban gay conversion therapy. Uh, The government previously said it wanted to end conversion therapy back in 2018, but the Equalities Minister, Kemi Vednock, refused to say whether that would conclude legislation or not. But now it seems it will include legislation, uh, but we have little idea what that legislation uh, is going to include. There's previously been a lot of focus on uh, on this uh, gay conversion therapy on uh, kind of coercive or violent practices like like rape or exorcisms where uh, demons are uh, attempted to be removed from inside people. Uh, and some of those practices are already illegal. But, but campaigners in favour of a ban like Jane Ozan, who's a member of the Church of England's General Synod, uh, say they even want to want prayer to be banned. She told uh, a Radio 4's Today programme earlier this week, I want any intervention that seeks to change counsel or suppress or erase someone's sexual sexuality to be banned. Uh, uh, Boris Johnson has since said that prayer between adults will not be banned, but he's uh, previously said a lot of things uh, which have not always come to pass. Uh, I'm delighted to be uh, joined to discuss this topic with Joe Bartosz, who's a writer, uh, a frequent writer for The Critic, uh, and a reporter for Lesbian and Gay News website, and uh, also joined uh, by Matthew Roberts, who's a former moderator of Synod of the International Presbyterian Church and the current Minister of Trinity Church York. Uh, Welcome to you both for The Critic podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Matthew, uh, I'll start with you. I think it's probably more obvious what your thoughts uh, might be on this proposed legislation. What's the issue that that you have with this proposed bill? The issue is what it would in fact make illegal. Uh, The the very strange thing about it is that uh, the the phrase conversion therapy uh, is really a, a, an oxymoron. Um, it's, a, it's a contradiction, really. It, it crashes together two things, um, uh, one of which, uh, namely therapy, has, uh, has nothing at all to do with Christianity, really. Uh, it stands on an entirely different uh, understanding of what humanity is and of, uh, well, yeah, basically about how uh, life should be lived and how it can be improved. Um, uh, and the other, conversion, which is uh, actually a, a core thing and a treasured thing at the heart of orthodox, standard, historic Christianity all through the 2000 years of Christianity. And uh, it crashes those two things together um, in, a, in a very bizarre and peculiar way. And, uh, and of course, the really strange thing is that, that m- many of the therapy aspects uh, that people refer to are, of course, already illegal. Um, and so if you legislate against something which uh, in itself is a bizarre category that envelops very different things, uh, one of those things may well be very objectionable, but is uh, pretty well illegal already. Uh, and the other is core Orthodox historic Christianity uh, is actually which one of those are you aiming at and which one of those are you actually going to hit. Uh, that is that that's our concern is that effectively this uh, would outlaw the normal practice and indeed the, the, the real treasured core of uh, what Christianity is and what it offers to the world and to all the people who encounter it. So does, is, is Christianity, does Christianity want to change people's orientation? Well, it's much more that the whole concept of orientation is one which is very alien to how Christianity thinks. 
Um, the, the idea of sexual orientation, as uh, I'm sure many of our listeners will know, is actually historically a very recent one. Uh, and it, it's one which is, uh, well, it first emerges in the 19th century, although um, hasn't, uh, didn't become uh, mainstream until sort of uh, second half of the 20th century. But it, it basically is, is based upon the concept that uh, what humanity is by nature uh, is basically good. And the thing that is really evil is where we try to restrict it, where people find uh, the, the things that naturally they find inside them um, uh, somehow constrained or opposed. Um, and you can see that that basic paradigm is all over the discussion uh, of this uh, issue. Um, and so if you think that, then orientation is, is basically a, a description of the natural feelings we find inside us uh, and is a way of uh, of approaching those and saying that, well, that, that those are entirely neutral. Now, whether you're facing north, south, east, or west, orientation is a is a compass metaphor, isn't it? Um, it is entirely neutral. It doesn't matter which way you're facing. And so, uh, and so, what we have inside us is entirely neutral. Now, uh, okay, well, that's fair enough. But it, that is uh, that is a view that's antithetical to a Christian view of human nature. Um, and so, Christianity doesn't talk about orientation. We won't find anything about that in the Bible or in any historic Christian theology. What, what it talks about is the image of God, that God has made us for himself. Um, but what lies inside us is a whole mess of competing and messed up and disordered desires that make us treat other people in all sorts of dreadful ways and uh, make us treat ourselves in all sorts of dreadful ways. And what 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 Jesus brings is, well, the Christian word is redemption, uh, is uh, a call to and the power to and the mercy that enables us to uh, turn away from what we feel we want to do, to abandon what we think we are, and to find instead what it means to be truly human, which is to become a, a child of the living God. Um, that's what the word conversion refers to. Um, it's abandoning self. Jesus calls it denying yourself uh, take up your cross and follow him. And that is the route to real life. So, um, but, so there we go. But what would you say to somebody who says, look, that's that, that's great that you believe that, that's totally fine, but can you just do that in the confines of your own house or your own church and stop trying to impose your Christian outdated worldview on people who are just trying to express themselves in the kind of the, the public square or the kind of the neutral liberal domain which we apparently live? Yes, indeed. Well, um, I mean, the thing that's worth noting is that this law is aiming precisely to stop us doing that. Um, uh, in that, that there, there's no question of imposing. Christianity does not impose itself on people. It certainly calls people, Jesus calls people to respond to him, but he doesn't force people to. Uh, and, uh, and of course, there have been terrible times in history where Christians have tried to do that. But Christianity doesn't impose that on anyone. What it does is it, is it says, here is a totally different way of understanding yourself. Indeed, here is a route into real life that you would never have thought of yourself. Um, and it, it is held out to everyone. It is offered to everyone. What this law would do is basically say, within the confines of your own home or your own church, you may not offer to people exactly the kind of rich, glorious, God-centered life that Jesus Christ came to bring. Uh, and instead, the only life that you can ever say to people is, what you already find within yourself, that, that that's all that you need, and we're never going to touch that. But to do that is to destroy the whole structure of Christianity, is to destroy the, the riches of what it brings.
Mm. Uh, the proposed legislation has, uh, is, is not just concerned people like yourself, it's also concerned feminists and those who are gender critical. Who, they say that legislation could be used to prevent people from, for example, counselling children against going through with life-changing transgender surgery. Joe, you work for a website called Lesbian and Gay News. You have a female partner. Uh, I think many people would expect someone like you to be manning the barricades in, in favour of this legislation and, and you wouldn't come down until it's been passed. Do you support this uh, proposed bill wholeheartedly? Um, I think there's already um, uh, there are already existing laws um, that would mean practices such as corrective rape, which is obviously at the sort of far end of the, the scale in terms of what's done, um, is, um, is already a, it's already an issue, it's already banned. So I, I think there's clearly a political driver behind this and we're seeing similar legislation brought in across the world um, so um, it's also been brought in in Germany recently who interestingly are also proposing on self-identity legislation so it's clearly sort of part of a, a movement um, and uh, the research that was done that this has been based on by the government equalities office found that around two percent of respondents of LGB respondents had experienced it and around 4% of those who identify as trans. But there was no definition offered. And I think that's absolutely where, where I agree with the, with the other contributor, um, is that uh, we need a clear definition of what conversion therapy actually is. Because Stonewall, um, which I think has sort of morphed basically from being a group focused on sexual orientation into a, a transgender lobby group. And they um, recently commissioned their own survey and one of the examples they gave of conversion therapy was, and I'm quoting here, two private psychotherapists tried to make me feel more comfortable with being a woman and blamed my gender on depression and autism. Now, to me, that's, that's a world away from the sort of practices that are hitting the headlines. Um, and that person describes themselves as an asexual, gender diverse man. Um, now, feeling discomfort in one's body is clearly something that needs to be treated. That's a psychiatric condition. And I guess where, where I sort of differ perhaps with the other contributor is I, I feel that um, you know, whether people have religious objections or not, being same-sex attracted is a fact. Um, but I think the idea that we each have a, a gender identity that is sometimes misaligned with our, our sexed body is, is a belief. And I think it's akin to a belief in a, a gendered soul. I actually think it's a religious belief in itself. And there should certainly be room for those who hold that belief, but I don't think we ought to legislate to protect it. And something that I've noticed time and time again is that there has been a, a deliberate attempt by transgender activists to conflate the, the psychiatric condition of gender dysphoria, um, which is, you know, a real thing with actually being in the wrong body, with actually sort of, you know, being in some um, existential way transgender. Um, and we know that around 70% of, of the children who are currently being referred with gender dysphoria for treatment at, at the Tavistock Clinic, which is a gender identity service, um, would otherwise grow up to be same-sex attracted. So in that sense, being trans or identifying as trans is conversion therapy, um, because we know that without treatment, eventually um, around about sort of 90% will be reconciled with their birth sex. So um, what, what's happened with the conflation of, of sexual orientation um, and, and 
and gender identity. And similarly with gender dysphoria and gender identity is we are at risk essentially of what I don't think it's it's too extreme to say is a form of gay eugenics. So what you're trying to say is that uh, uh, people are born with same sex attraction and there's a actually what's going on here is that the people are trying to convert them into saying, no, you're not born with same sex attraction. Actually, you're a different sex. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, to be honest, I think the jury's out as to to whether um, sexual orientation is is innate or whether it's um, or whether it's uh, um, in some way socially constructed. I think it's probably a bit of both. Um, but um, but yes, I think there is a, a real attempt at the moment. Um, and it's you know, the problem is um, one of the very early ways that same sex attraction manifests um, in in young people and children is an interest in um, behaviors and toys uh, that are stereotypically associated with the other sex. So there's lots of research to back that up. That's one of the key indicators. Now, um, if you have homophobic parents, and we know that uh, according to the um, uh, to the Tavistock Clinic, that's a real concern. Or indeed, if you have sort of internalized homophobia, it's far easier to identify as, as straight but in the wrong body rather than the same sex attraction. Mm. Joe, are you? Uh, I mean, are you perhaps guilty of uh, kind of leaving the social justice train where you wanted to get off and, and stopping it from going any further? So, I mean, what I mean is, we've got rights for gays and lesbians now, but there's uh, there's a lot less rights for people who are trans or identify as, as, as trans. Well, I guess I'd ask you what rights don't you think they have. Uh, I guess they're not a. It's not a protected category. So. Gender identity uh, isn't a protected characteristic. Uh, gender reassignment is a protected characteristic. Um, and I, I, as I say, I go back to my to my original point that there is no evidence to suggest that each of us has a gender identity that can sort of magically be transposed into another body. And I think without evidence, we ought not to be legislating. So, you know, there is evidence that people are same-sex attracted, but there is there is no... Um, there is nothing to support the notion that one can have a, a, a gendered soul in the wrong body. So that's where I think the difference is. That's a belief system, which, you know, people are perfectly entitled to hold, but it is not uh, based on the facts. Um, I, I suppose there's a question for both of you, but maybe you can answer this, Matthew. What, what would you say to the charge that you're you're both conservatives, but you're just conservatives at, at different stages? So. Matthew, you're uh, you're a conservative from the 1960s. You believe in uh, kind of Christian sexual ethics, and Joe, you're a conservative just from the kind of 2000s, and you uh, you you believe in uh, rights for uh, gay and lesbians, but you don't you want the uh, want things to stop. What do you say to that, Matthew? I, I think it, it the trouble with that question is that it it presumes a whole paradigm of continual progress, um, and uh, which is a very common paradigm, of course, which is that the, the you know, society is continually improving. Basically, we started improving more or less around the time of the Enlightenment, and we've been slowly waking up to things more and more. And um, uh, and the problem with conservatives is that they, they want to get off the train at some point. Um, uh, my response to that would be, uh, I don't have any particular desire to be a conservative at all. Um, uh, my, uh, my concern is that Christianity gives a, a very different understanding of, uh, of what humanity is. Now, actually, of course, all these things we're talking about originated as reactions against Christianity, the conviction that human desires are are good and to be followed 
is one that, that kind of emerged in the Enlightenment as a sort of reaction against what was considered the excesses of, uh, of sort of Christian gloom about human nature. Um, and uh, there's interesting things to talk about uh, on that front. Um, but I'm certainly not driven by it, just wanting to get off a, a train at a certain point. Um, I, I, do, I do think I, I actually probably agree with Joe slightly more than she thinks I do. I, I certainly don't deny the reality of same-sex attraction, um, and nor do I deny the reality of gender dysphoria. Um, any more than actually Christians deny the reality of, of all sorts of disordered desires. I mean, pride, uh, uh, the enjoyment of inflicting pain, uh, greed, the fact that we like to drink too much. Uh, basically, the, the human heart is full of uh, desires for good things that have gone very wrong and have been twisted in various ways. Uh, and that's why Christianity is all, is all about redemption. Um, and so that there's a there's just a kind of a different attitude to what's what's going on here. And so, what as a as a Christian minister, what what do you see as your task to do for people? I mean, do you treat people who are lesbian, gay, or, or, or trans? Do you treat them differently if they walk into your church? No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, not at all. Because because as I said earlier on, the the whole concept of categorising people by what uh, you know what what particular uh, things they have. Uh, desires they have in their hearts and what uh, what they're attracted to is is one that's just alien to Christianity. Rather, the uh, uh, there's a uh, there is a general thing of the, the one thing that Jesus said is more important than anything else is whether we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, on and strength. Um, and the the problem that all human beings face is well, if you like, a single orientation problem that we are oriented away from God and towards ourselves. What Jesus has come to do is to fix that, to uh, uh, to rescue us from it, uh, and to restore us to what we are made to be, which is images of God. So, so what kind of pastoral support then would you offer to someone who says, "Look, I'm I'm struggling with these kind of feelings. I don't think they're right." What would you say to someone who says that? Well, it would be helpful to be really specific. So, for example, um, suppose a, a married couple comes to me and says, uh, and the husband says to me, uh, "I'm, I'm struggling because I just don't find my wife attractive anymore." Um, uh, interestingly, the memorandum of understanding um, on um, uh, on conversion therapy uh, that um, was agreed by lots of organisations a couple of years ago and has been driven lots of this specifically uh, identifies experiencing no attraction as one orientation. Uh, which means simply, if, if a man comes to me and says, "I don't really find my wife attractive anymore," I'm wondering if I should leave her. Um, if I say to him, no, you should be faithful to your wife according to the vows that you made, um, then I would be breaking the law if uh, if this was put into action because that non-attraction has become an orientation which I am not allowed to oppose in some way. Now, the thing is, is that uh, the, the issue there is it, it isn't relevant whether the man says, well, I, I'm not attracted to my wife, A, because I just don't really feel anything, B, because I've fallen in love with another woman, or C, because I've fall in love with another man. Like none of those things actually change the situation that um, as a man whom God has made in his image, he's supposed to imitate Jesus Christ in his love for the church, um, uh, that what he's called to do is whatever he's feeling, uh, to uh, to put those feelings aside and to, uh, out of love for God, love his wife, um, whether he wants to or not. Um, and that, that's a really important practical thing that would be forbidden by this legislation. And it's the same thing. I, 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 um, I, I pastor and counsel young single Christians. We're, we're in York, it's a university city where lots of students who come along. 
uh, and basically what I don't say to anyone is oh right yeah, actually you're fine on the whole sex question so I don't just tell you anything about that because you know you're straight or whatever no, no. Um, what I'm saying all the time to all our young people is you're living in a world which is telling you listen to your heart follow your feelings follow your desires and everything will be fine and I'm saying to all of them I don't know and often I don't need to know and don't particularly care what form your sexual desires take what you need to do is not listen to them but to uh, but to put them aside and listen to God and to what he calls you to do uh, that is what conversion is all about it's saying my life is no longer about me my life is about living according to love for God who has loved me so much he gave his son for me uh, and that, that transforms everything um, and actually you can kind of see that in loads of other ways this is it's an interesting um, side effect of this legislation is it wouldn't actually just ban uh, if you really carried it through it wouldn't just ban um, the kind of things that they want to ban even the things that I don't want to ban uh, uh, but actually there's loads of stuff but what about what about the man whose sexual orientation is such that he loves to um, he loves to seduce and abuse women. Um, is like that. That too is an attraction. Uh, it's a highly disordered and utterly objectionable one. Um, but it, it is my task as a minister to call him to repent and turn away from that. Don't do what your heart leads you to. Instead, put that to death and follow where uh, God calls you in Jesus Christ. Um, Joe, I, I, I... I'm sure you don't agree with with everything that Matty says, but I mean, what I mean, what? How, how do you find yourself? Um, do, do you find it strange that you find yourself on on at least some issues agreeing with a Christian minister? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we probably come from very different starting points. Um, so I, I actually think that that Matthew probably has more in common with the uh, with the woke than um, than might be commonly acknowledged. So I think there's a sort of um, uh, a hyper vigilance about um, about sin on both the part of uh, Christians and indeed the the hyper woke um, sort of looking for for wrong think wrong thoughts. Um, there's a, quite a lot of sort of self flagellation and you know profuse apologies when people get things wrong. Um, so I, I I think actually they're probably um, part of the same sort of mindset, um, and I realise that's that's controversial. Um, I think when it comes to um, uh, sort of the, the question that you asked earlier about sort of uh, whether whether effectively I was a, a, a conservative and have um, cherry picked uh, the sort of values that, that suit me and now now no longer want progress, um, I think it's worth looking at um, the history of uh, of the trans movement of transsexualism. So um, the first uh, surgeries and the first treatments um, were always to convert to convert people. There were attempts um, to the very early sexologists, um, which again Matt, Matty did actually refer to um, in, in a way. Um, they used uh, the idea of, of being born in the wrong body um, as um, as a way to sort of cure uh, homosexuality and bisexuality. Um, and when you look at, uh, so, so it's around about 25% it's estimated of, of men, adult men who, who transition uh, uh, same-sex attracted, um, so you know they're, they're gay men, um, the rest tend to be, uh, have a condition known as autogynephilia, um, and that's sort of sexual arousal that's thought of oneself as a woman. Now 
obviously admitting that I think is, is considered rather shameful. So rather than admit that, um, they have created the idea, the religion, if you like, of gender identity. And I think that's also very convenient for some pharmaceutical companies, which then get to sell drugs to children to, you know, <laughs> solidify their, their, their theology, if you like. Um, but um, yeah, I think, um, I think actually the roots of transgenderism itself are incredibly conservative and regressive because it depends upon um, what I deem to be sexist stereotypes about what men ought to how men ought to behave, how women ought to behave, what they ought to be interested in, what they ought to wear. I think these are actually drawn from, from um, quite a Christian paradigm in a way. Um, Matthew, have you ever been accused of being woke before? <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that's a first. Um, I mean, there's something in what Joe says, which is, uh, it is true that the, 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 the woke have a, a strangely... Um, there is there is definitely a sort of pseudo concept of sin there, but of course utterly divorced from any concept of mercy and forgiveness, which is um, which is profoundly embedded in Christianity. Um, so, uh, and I think it is, um, yeah, I, I, I think it is probably fair to say, and those people have pointed out, Tom Holland, the historian, has tried to argue that that uh, the, the woke is is a sort of uh, derivative of Christianity. I think I'd say it's sort of in the same way that a fungus growing on a <laughs> on a tree is a sort of derivative of it. Uh, it couldn't exist without it, but that certainly doesn't mean that it's uh, that it's the same thing or is uh, is to be encouraged. Um, uh, so, so no, I, I am. I don't think I have. So, the the issue with Christianity is is not the idea that we're obsessed with sin uh, is a um, sorry obsessed with with people's sex lives is a is a peculiar thing in a world that is obsessed with people's sex lives. Christians are about the only people who are saying something different, actually. Uh, but certainly, people's sex lives is a concern, but it's a concern because of the, the dreadful damage that it does to it. Uh, I do think there is something very peculiar about the um, uh, the way that transgenderism does uh, does effectively believe in a gendered soul um, and has sort of reintroduced that. I agree. It's, a, it's, a, it's an extraordinary um, peculiarity. But none of us get away from religious beliefs. Uh, all of us are religious in some way, that we all have some convictions about the... Um, about the nature of reality and about what constitutes uh, what constitutes right uh, and wrong. Uh, what Christianity offers to people is uh, you can find what you can discover again what actually you were made for. Um, so the, the idea of this, uh, yeah, this, this religious belief that by identifying yourself with um, with a strange set of supposedly uh, authentic gender markers uh, that you will find happiness, that's what transgenderism does, uh, is very peculiar. Um, at the same time, what that doesn't mean is that there is no such thing as an authentic male and female, but they've got nothing to do with whether you wear pink or, um, uh, or uh, are interested in playing with, uh, with tanks or dolls. Um, but those things are all to do with the way God has designed our bodies as uh, and uh, and our hearts as images of Him. Uh, that is that's what it's all about. Um, my last question for you, Matthew, was, was, was I think you probably answered it mostly, but it's, it's just what you know. As from your, you've obviously studied uh, quite a lot. You've studied a lot of philosophy, theology. I was just going to say, what, what do you think the kind of the theology or philosophy is behind? transgenderism and also I guess ban on gay conversion the idea that you can never impose any of your views on anybody else 
Yes, I mean it's an an irony, isn't it? That it's it's a ban on something, and that yet we are the ones who are supposedly guilty of imposing our views. Um, uh, that, that this is a very very strong attempt to impose views. Uh, I think what is the philosophy behind it? Um, the, the the intention of this? Uh, I think it is very it is very much um, that that, that, <clears throat> that there was a time when Christianity was in the you know, was was dominant. And the argument that was mounted was, well, we must be, we must all be allowed to live our lives free of the constraints of this. Um, but, but what seems to have happened is that certain campaigners here seem to have got a bit of a taste of blood in their mouths. And uh, thinking, well, the thing we now want to see is um, that that within the church, that Christians should be forbidden from acting as Christians. Um, uh, that. Uh, the, the the thing that Christianity proclaims, which is you needn't be a slave of your passions, you needn't be uh, controlled by your feelings, uh, but rather uh, you can be set free from that and discover that real life is life lived in uh, in the knowledge of and the love of God, which remakes us from the ground up. It's all, it's all about resurrection Christianity, isn't it? It's about Jesus died and rose again in order to put us to death and to raise us to life as new people. That is what conversion does. And um, uh, that's what Christianity offers. And really what's going on here is that the, the offensiveness of that, um, which is pretty offensive, because what it says to every man, woman and child in the world is what you are is not what you should be. It's not what you were made to be. Uh, but God has sent his son to change you into what you should be and what you're made to be. Now, that is both wonderful, but profoundly offensive. Uh, and I think that the kind of drive to do this is the is people being very offended by it. But what they want to say is, is that we, we're no longer happy for Christians to proclaim this anymore. Um, and what we now want to do is to basically is to stop that. Uh, the only kind of Christianity we will tolerate is one which... Uh, one which has been shorn of the, the sort of central truth or the central claim and contention, uh, which is that Christ came to redeem sinners, not to uh, not to affirm us as what we already are. Uh, we'll have Jesus as long as he just pats us on the back. We won't have him if he tells us that we need to go and sin no more. We are rapidly running out of time. Joe, do you have any more thoughts on the issue? <sighs> I suppose the, the, the one thing that, um, that, that Matthew um, has, has perhaps made me consider is um, it made me think about uh, feminism. And I, I guess, you know, I'm, a, I'm an atheist, but I suppose that's the closest thing to, to religion that I have. Um, and in some regards, that's not just, you know, I think the way it's commonly um, understood um, and celebrated is about sort of, you know, uh, pretty hollow statements about empowerment and um and 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 liberation um but actually what it involves is uh, a really close dissection of, of patriarchy of norms of what society tells us we ought to be of of centering men in our lives um of those these these sorts of kind of quite challenging concepts and i kind of feel that there's a, an odd parallel there with what matthew said about how um there's a sort of popular version of, of christianity and perhaps a, a more radical one that um that tends to get overlooked mm. very interesting uh well we do have to leave it there but thank you very much for uh, both coming on the critic podcast matthew roberts and thanks thanks very much david
If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, why not subscribe to have the magazine delivered to your door? Subscribe today with the current offer of five issues for £10 by heading to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk. Cheers, Bottosh.